I was thinking uh, Christmas, so let me go oh, uh, right. Silver Bells. Oh, oh. that's mm-hmm. good. Okay, I can't take it anymore. You got tears <laughs> in my eyes, man. <laughs> he's getting us into the, the into the spirit of things. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's getting into the spirit. This is our first COVID Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully our last. last. Hopefully our last. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully our last. That was Craig from CAR Design Studio. And you can find you at uh, www.cardesignstudio.ca. And also you're on Instagram. I am. Which is really rare to sometimes find anybody that's associated with Jim to be on social media. But we found He's up his a, game. another one at uh, CAR Design Studio. That's where you find him. So, that's right. Craig, what are we going to talk about today, man? I think uh, we should probably talk about maybe some architectural design. And, That'd be perfect. Uh, yeah. That'd be perfect if we could do that. So, hey, Jim, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's good, brother. It's good. It's Jim's good. always at the head of the table like he's like the man or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would like to stay here away from everybody. <laughs> the shoe fence. You know? I need to get you a throne. We'll put you a throne oh, yeah. over there or something, man. Yeah. But we're at Carrick Hall. Again, again, in the boardroom, yeah. there is a bottle of wine, of course. Always. As it should be. Should I, be. I yeah. do like that. I do miss the cheese and the salami and all those other stuff. You got to go back to Rob's place. <laughs> 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 that was good. But yeah, so let's uh, let's get right into it. And funny enough, Jim, I don't have any history. I was running late. Okay, well, I'll give you the history. Give me the history. On us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Craig long time ago. When he worked for one of the one of the architects we still do work for is Tom Sprague. Craig worked with him, and then uh, it was like a few years later, we just kind of ran into each other. And Craig told me he was on his own, and I said, "Oh, you know, that's great." So you know, I, we started working together, and it's been a lot of years now. We've done a lot of stuff together for sure. And he's also in; he shares uh, office space in here with us too. Cool. So you got yeah. any questions? You go right to him. Yeah. Instead yeah. of him sending an email off to somebody that's going to get ignored. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that ever happens. Yeah. Well, it does happen. But <laughs> so, how long is the relationship now? How long has it been working? Close 20? to twenty years. Oh yeah. wow! I was with Tom from '99 until 2005. Went out on my own. 2011. I'm coming up almost in ten years on my own. How did you get started in, in design? Uh, actually, even going back to high school, had a real interest in it. Uh, my grandfather uh, was actually a tech teacher and a drafting teacher. He had uh, got me into to drafting back in the days. We were still hand drafting then. And uh, he was a, an engineer in the Army. And he was actually, we've talked about this, Jim. He was stationed at Chilliwack, trained in Chilliwack with uh, your father was out in the same. Yeah. Your father was a sapper, oh, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah the sappers. Yeah. So, um yeah, so uh, my grandfather ended up being a, a tech teacher. Uh, drafting was a big, big part of that. So he kind of got me into that early, and it was just something that really developed, you know, from high school, and then uh, into I ended up going to George Brown Architectural Technology uh, Program there. Uh, so it was really focusing on the technical side. I still wasn't quite sure what direction, you know, I was maybe going in the industry. Uh, my first job out of school, I ended up actually in construction management. Uh, worked for. Uh, uh, management company that was doing a uh, retrofit of an office building into a, resi- uh, a residential condo. At, at one point, I thought maybe that's, you know, at that stage, I thought maybe this is actually the direction I'm going, that maybe, you know, construction management, uh, you know, I'd 
kind of cut my teeth there. It interests me a little bit, but uh, ultimately, I still, it was architecture was kind of where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, started working for one uh, small, small architect. And uh, not long after that, ended up with Tom. And kind of, and, and Tom's specialty was obviously custom residential. Uh, really enjoyed that. And it was progression from there. And I actually took a, a bit of a detour after uh, working with Tom um, with a multidisciplinary firm that, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we were kind of building the suburbs. We had, a, there's teams there of, of landscape architects, urban designers. I worked on a team that was doing architectural design control. You know, we did master planning of new communities, uh, architectural design guidelines, that sort of thing. And at that point, I'd kind of strayed again from what I really loved, which was, was residential design and just decided it was, it was literally one of those things that there was a bit of an opportunity to work with uh, a builder that I'd been kind of formed a relationship with and uh, just one day kind of pulled the shoot. Just do or die. Just I just handed it. out some resignation letters, shocked the hell out of, you know, a lot of people that I worked with. Just jumped in, you know. Good feeling, great feeling, nervous feeling. Absolutely nervous feeling. Uh, and certainly in the early days, thought maybe... The- Maybe it was wrong. The wrong <laughs> we all you know, think uh, that. Yeah, you know, something to be said for job security for sure. But mm-hmm. um, it just kind of grinded it out. And uh, there's no question that uh, Jim was a huge, uh, huge help in that regard. And getting back in touch with him and being able to work on some, a few really great projects early on. And then just kind of snowballed from there. And, uh, you know, like anything else, you, you start making contacts and, you know, past clients, you know, Just start referrals, referring you. Referrals, and, right? That um, totally is. It's uh, really, you know, the name of the game. And here we are, you know, it's, uh, like I said, almost 10 years. It's refreshing to hear that you said you actually started in construction management because I know there is the stereotype with a lot of young contractors that just get frustrated with architects or designers that have no construction on-site experience. Right. Is that the norm that you see? Or, I mean, you're coming back from two decades of, in the business. Right. The, the players today, the new kids of today that are designing in architecture, are they getting that on-site job experience? I'm really not sure, to be honest. Uh, kids, millennials, I don't know. <laughs> got to no, be careful. I don't want to pick on But I, I you know what I mean? It's, uh, it seems like everyone wants to start at the top now, right? Um, I, I, that's exactly that, it. Right. And I, and I think, you know, again, just going back to what Craig, where, he, uh, where he started, I think that's what makes it so easy when working on a job together i say well look this may not work this way and he'll go yeah okay i understand it and you know if you're dealing with somebody else that's never been on a site and they're going you know they'll challenge you and you know well no this is the way it's going to be well no it's not going to work right so but that's how that's right you know when you have a good business relationship but also he's he's got a handle on how construction works. That's really critical. Right? Like that's really, so. really critical. I've seen the kids of today coming in and I call it computers versus construction. And I'm sorry, but construction is gonna beat the hell out of a computer. Like you kinda have to have that on site. You have to have both, but you kinda have to have the on site experience. Right? Uh, and I think a huge component of it is that uh, and I've I and I mean Jim could probably attest to it, but there's when when I'm involved in the project and we're working with any number of different trades and, and consultants like uh, from my end there's no ego I, I, I know there's right. a lot of people out there I'm the architect I'm the designer and they maybe they think there's something or that they're better than you know the guy who's you know digging a ditch on site and I just I've never had that mentality I, to me it's really it's a concerted effort every single trade along the way has contributed 
yeah, sure, we can design the hell out of something. I mean, it's until it's built, it's still just something that's on paper. And there's a lot to go from that to, you know, that finished product. There's so many people involved, so many people who are extremely talented or experts in their own field. I wouldn't be running around on site and telling a carpenter how to do something. I don't, this guy's a pro. He's been doing this for God knows how long. So you got to respect everyone who has their own individual expertise. I'm more than happy for, you know, a guy to tell me, I don't know what you did here or what you were thinking or what this detail is, you know, I mean, quite honestly, it doesn't happen that often. And, and, and there's times actually, I wish it did, you know, I'm sure there's times there's, you know, it could be something that's a, a small issue, but no, it never comes to your attention. They just kind of call you a jerk off, you know, your back <laughs> and, and that's, uh, I'd be happy for them to say, you know, what? actually the way you did this, like, that's not how we do it. Or, you know, it's much easier or, you know, like, whatever the issue is that to get that feedback is, is really important to me. So it just goes back to like, again, it's a concerted effort of a lot of different professionals with a lot of different expertise. And I'm no better than anyone there. As far as I'm concerned, I, I'm a small part of the, the, the puzzle. team, right? Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Boiled down to the team. And I, and I know that there's, let's face it, there's a lot of architects, designers, interior designers, whoever, you know, they run big around ego. with big egos and they like to, you know, think their shit doesn't stink and they, you know, talk but, down to people. And that's just, by, by the way, everybody's shit stinks. That's just how it is, right? So <laughs> I just want to no, clear it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, Craig, does Jim... I'm old. I haven't shit in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to ask me if I've smelled this shit before. No, <laughs> no, no. This is not going to be a podcast about shit, right? I was going to ask you, has Jim ever snuck into your office there and, and uh, did a screen grab of your whole wallpaper and then made that your wallpaper and you're there for a few minutes trying to figure out why nothing's working? <laughs> No, no, that's never happened. It's a good idea, though. I would try that. Uh, no, so it's really good to understand that it is. I mean, I think I tell everybody, it is a team, man. There's no one person that can build uh, any structure. No. It's not one person, man. Uh, you need that team. You need from the low man to the top man. You need everybody. They all have to work together, and you have to be respectful of everybody's duties, 100%. right? It's important, like right from the foundation right to the finishing. I think I've you know I've, I've been lucky over the years to work with some great architects, designers. I mean, sure, there's a chosen few that are arrogant and will take the the glory for everything. But I think for the most part, to the ones that were, that's good. We, we there's always a popping sound of something going on in here. There is lots of alcohol. It's totally but you know, fine. I, like, I've been lucky that you know the egos haven't got in the way. And I think, you know, that's why the relationship uh, with, with most of the architects, designers that we work with works. Because we do respect each other's, what, you know, what, each other's work and what we bring to the table, right? Not just surrounding yourself I mean, with it, the it, right I mean, people. It only, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of times that, you know, we'll get a lead and, you know, sometimes bring, bring Craig along and sometimes he'll get a lead and he'll bring us along and... It's I mean, nice it's how great. that works, huh? It's great to have that, but it's it's a great balance to have. This way that, you know, we don't always get the job, and Craig would, you know, and then he doesn't always get the job, and we would, and it would go to some other architect. But it's great, I think, to have that at the table when you're, when you're first meeting with somebody that's never done a major reno or they're going to do a build. At least they get, okay, they get his... You know the design the architectural perspective then they get our side of it what it's going to not necessarily what it's going to cost but how the whole 
system was going to work. Before we can even do anything, and I'll let Craig take it from here, but there's the whole other side in six, seven months, maybe a year before we even get a permit that, you know, he would be working on and going through the city and, you know, just trying to get ideas out of the clients and everything else. I mean, that's a lot of work. And the process is really, it's, it's one of the first, it's literally the first thing we talk about is sitting down with clients is, I mean, obviously, you know, design, architecture, architectural style, finishes, what have you, you know, the things that are sexy and people love to talk about, but in the reality, you've got to talk about process. Uh, people come to you and, you know, they may be excited and when can we get going and, you know, sometimes you see the look in their face when you tell them, well, we're, we're going to have to go through committee of adjustment and you know, we've got zoning reviews and, you know, you're looking six, seven, eight months easily and, and waiting time on, on the city and a lot of these things. And you see the kind of bewildered and they, yeah. they, you know, don't quite believe you or, you know, um, but they that's just a think huge, it happens overnight. That's all. Yeah, I know we can or something. A tidy, you know, show on your local <laughs> home improvement network. Um, we won't get but, into that world. That's just too easy to get into that world. But, so. but process is a really important part of it. Um, and, and knowing that, okay, this is, you know, we need to go through zoning. These are the issues around zoning. If you want to work, you know, within, as of right, this is what we're looking at. If, you know, you want to push the envelope, whatever it is that you're looking for uh, from a scope standpoint, more than likely we're ending up in a committee of adjustment uh, application situation and then you know it's we've got to submit and particularly in the city of Toronto right now and uh, certain districts is, is a very long wait and uh, obviously COVID hasn't helped that at all um, it was a long wait before it's a longer wait now um, so it's it's something you have to be mindful of uh, again when you know people are excited and want to get going and sometimes you have to temper expectations Real a little in. bit and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so you know it's it's we're in for the long haul I mean I met with uh at the time was a prospective client and is now a client they they signed me on which was great um and you know in the initial conversation the the husband was a little antsy and he said no i I'm just trying to figure out the logistics and you know he said, i don't want this to be a, a year-long process and it I is a year-long uh, process i said to him it's a year-long process at least what <laughs> was he expecting it to be like a, a few months I, th- I think so. This is yeah. a new build or a rental? Uh, it's a, a rental, but a gut and two-story rear addition. Um, it's a year-long process. For sure. And I'm just looking at it. We, I, I got, we got clients coming in tomorrow that we signed the contract April of 19. <laughs> we're at the end of 20. Right. And we're just getting the permit now. What was the reason for nearly well, oh, a year and a half, basically? I mean, so. you got to deal with the, what is it, the TR, oh, TRCA, TRCA, the that ravine, stands for the Ravine Toronto Region Conservation Authority. So oh, that lovely, lots, that lovely group. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so that was months and months to get through that. And then COVID and then this, then that, then yeah. I mean, it's, it takes and, time and urban forestry is, is a big one too, that yeah. it's easy to overlook. And, and you see projects sometimes that it looks like they're about to get started and, you know, <laughs> you see the hoardings up and it looks like someone's ready to get going and it just sits and sits and you yeah. find out, you know, th- through a neighbor or something that all oh, they, you know, somebody squawked they, about well, the they tree had to go, in the yeah, back. They didn't get approval at, uh, 
uh, urban forestry for uh, tree protection or, you know, build, you know, if you're building within a tree protection zone, then you need a permit to injure. Uh, if there's a tree that has to come out, you're looking at a permit to destroy. Um, these things uh, take permit a lot of time. Man. Now you're bringing in arborists. Now, you know, there's now a whole other layer. You Specific know, you're bringing yeah, the client will have to hire their own arborists. And in my case, I, I have, you know, one or two people that I deal with. Um, and I'm, you know, happy to, uh, to pass them on to them if they have their own arborists. They're, you know, whoever it is, happy to use them as well. And so they bring the arborist in. There's an arborist report. That's got to be submitted to the city. The city then brings their arborist out. You know, and like, ironically enough, I mean, something, you have people, you're talking about trees. And they look at you like you have, you know... <laughs> Four eyes, like a, a tree. It's well, a we tree. Actually, we actually, well, actually do, we do have four eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a tree. Like that process in urban forestry can literally be the longest process of all. Yeah. You know, depending on you know the situation. Um, I mean, again, committee of adjustments. The next one that's, that's I had a, a uh, I had a, a a thing backfire on one of my uh, neighbors that was giving me a hard time in my the last house I built. Mm-hmm. So, you know, during the committee of adjustment hearing, everything else, they said, okay, there was like the neighbor behind me, the neighbor beside me, neighbor beside me, neighbor across from me. And they all just ganged up on me. Right. So the one behind me and the one beside me, he said, well, you know, we're just worried about the trees in the back. I said, the trees are fine. I'm not going to touch the trees. We're good. So anyways, I had to cut the house back, do this, took about, 500 square feet off the house, everything else, which was fine, which was actually wasn't a bad idea. Anyways, we get into it and um, we're digging away. One of the branches on this tree, after we've already started to dig and the house is already up, the tree had, they were, the tree was hollow. So, so it was the already branch, infested. So the branch, right. So the branch had fallen and is resting all the wires at the back of the house. So I had, my tree guy come in and I said, can you just remove the branch and everything else? Oh, so we removed the branch. Next thing you know, there's, you know, the tree police are there shutting me down. The tree police. That's what I just call them. Like, <coughs> they just show up and, you know, undercover. They're, they're going to find me <laughs> and do all this stuff. And they're wearing camouflage, the camouflage. Yeah. They got <laughs> leaves on them, like, you know, and their helmets and they're coming in like, crawling through the grass. And, uh, so anyways, I get shit for it, and I call in my arborist. I said, look, dude, can you check this out? He goes, yeah, makes up the report. Tree should come down. Boom, 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 boom. I go in. I said, there you go. There's my report. Can I have a permit, please? And this is months, probably two months after all the, sh- the shit hit the fan. And they go, yeah, sure. It's, you know, it's $110 or whatever it was, for, you know, but you're going to you're going to uh, plant some new tree, like a new tree, right? I said, for sure I am. Oh, well, wait, before we give you this permit, there's there's a $1,400 bill here. Deposit? And I go, what's, what's the $1,400 bill for? I don't know. And I said, are you fining me? And she goes, well, um, I said, you're actually fining me for something that, I went out of my way to get the branch off the lines before it took out the neighbor's yeah, TV and internet and everything else. The tree is hollow. There's the report. It's, you know, they have said to take it down. She goes, well, I said, fine, fuck it. There's your 1400 bucks. Paid it. 
And for somehow, maybe the, the tree gods were looking over me. She goes, the guy's going to come out. Our arbor is going to come out and just make sure that, you know, this permit is fine. And then I said, great. So he shows up. I happen to just show up at the house when he's coming out of the backyard. Am I good to go? Can I take this tree down? He goes, yeah. And he says, yeah, no, no problem, Jim. He goes, do you want to get rid of that other tree too? I said, this one? He goes, oh yeah. He says, it's going to fall down soon. Anyway, I'll get you a permit for that one too. I said, really? He goes, yeah. The next day, the boys came in. <laughs> took them both down. Place went mental. The whole neighborhood. They came out. They were calling me everything in the book. And the and the you know one of them comes over and he goes, "You went against your promise." I said, "And what was my promise? You promised you were going to keep the tree." I said, "Dude, I tried to keep the tree. All I was doing was taking the goddamn branch off. So either you or them." Called. I said, you know what? You should have kept your fucking mouth shut. I said, there would still be two trees sitting here. So, but you're lesson, the bad there's guy. A, there's so a I'm real the lesson guy. there. Sometimes <laughs> just keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> the trees would still be there. I wouldn't have known the difference. Oh. That was an interesting project. I wasn't involved with myself and just obviously the relationship with Jim and hearing about it quite a bit. Um, it just, you know, when, when people come out and they want to, complain about every little thing do they not have anything else to do but oh, you know there no one you know at the end of the i've got it happening right now the house directly beside me this monster modern thing that's being built yeah it's noisy it's you know it's a pain in the ass it is what it is like it's everyone's doing what they have to do in their properties no one likes construction we get it but so you've got neighbors who are they just you know they're stomping around it's noisy it's a well the more people you call and the more like roadblocks that you try and put in here you're just Creating more congestion. Do you want the process to just go smoothly and be done? Or do you want to drag it out? Do you want to, like, just stay out of the way, let people do their jobs, and they'll be done and they'll be gone, you know? Yeah. But let's... Like, That's exactly what happens. Man. I think I told you this. I don't know. When when we were going for the committee hearing, I was there, yeah. waited till 7 o'clock at night. Our hearing came up. They were all there. Their pitchforks. Their pitchforks and everything else. <laughs> Torches going, and and one of them went up, said to the committee, went got up at the podium, and this is what he said. So first of all, he said, "Well, you know, so the whatever the the address was, you know, they're going after. They want there's there's seven variances here, and I know it sounds like a lot, but it's not in the world of this stuff, right? Like you want a little For bit sure. of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And so, anyways, this guy steps up to the podium says nothing about one of the variances. The first thing that comes out of his mouth, he goes, look at, I don't want this happening because the guy who's going to be building it, he's like some kind of a media dude and we don't want cameras <laughs> all over our street. <laughs> and the committee's going, what? But what are you it? here for any of these yeah. seven variances? Well, yeah, I am. Well, then what? say that. Well, like I said, you know, he's a media dude and he's going to be, da, 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 da. And, and you can see these guys just losing it, right? And finally, I think they all, I mean, I mean, I'll probably embellish it a little bit, but it's like, he, you know, the, uh, the chairman just said, well, you sit the fuck down. He just, I don't care if Robert De Niro is moving in next door. <laughs> it's just a variance. And uh, he got up again. 
we got up, said our piece, we got everything. And, and he said, you know, any more, any, you know, you're allowed to come up one more time. The guy got up again, started walking. He said, hey, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> get the fuck out. There's the door. That's he said, you've had your say. He didn't say, he didn't swear. No, but no, 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 no. But he just said, no, you've had your say. There's the accent. Wow. Like, they're, like it's insane. He was just a little upset that the media dude was here. And that's one thing with, and I know right. the panel you're talking about, and they were, as far as I'm concerned, the best panel I've ever dealt with. They've all, there's, you know, everyone has, I forgot what the terms are um, for uh, for the panels, but uh, they were by far the best I ever dealt with. They they kept really, they, were great. they kept it moving. If yeah. people got up and were, were talking about uh, things that, you know, were not zoning issues, they would, like you just said, put them in their place. You know, there's a process. The applicant speaks. The, the people get to, you know, people are there and, uh, get to you know, say their and, piece. and process, they can come in and okay. say their piece. And then the applicant has a, an opportunity to rebut it. and that's it. And that, so if, and I've seen numerous times where the process starts to go sideways and you need that, you need a really solid members on the committee and the solid chair to keep things in line. And, and it's one of the things of committee that, you know, at the end of the day, I always tell my clients, of course, the preference is to stay, if you can stay out of that committee. process, then that's desirable. But let's face it, at the end of the day, people want a little more square footage. They want to kind of go back a little further, whatever it is. So you're, you're going to spend a lot of money. You want what you want. As long as it's within reason, let's, you know, of course, we'll, we'll apply to the committee. And, and but stick to the points, though. And, Don't and, go up there and make it personal. And this is what happens, right? So that's, you open the can of worms when, when you do go through this process now. You know, everyone and their brother has an opportunity to come This is when you get to know who your neighbors are. Oh, who they sure. really are. The and colors, for sure. huh? Oh, the true sure. colors just um, shine. And so, I mean, and this is what's going to happen in the process, just like Jim was talking about, when people come forward and they, they almost, like, again, no one wants to live next to construction. So you'll have people come and talking about construction noise. Um, where's all the water going to go? Oh. Like all these things. But that's and, not what this particular meeting is all about precisely we're and, and again and that that committee in particular was really good at saying we're here to discuss zoning issues that's not a zoning issue move on so yeah. it, how many it, people on this panel i've never done it i'm sure i'm going to do it one day i, I want to uh, experience five? it five five it's yeah it's Carries, four right? to five yeah usually it's around four now like the chair and three uh three panel members that's what it is yeah need, chair and uh, three panel yeah and if you get a bad area like that particular case you'll get the side neighbors, the rear neighbor, the front neighbor, they'll all, all show up and try to gangbang. But, but that's they what's might. great about the, the panel is that they already know it's coming, right? They and just they, want and to they just, filter it. Yeah, I mean, so we get, I mean, we always hire a guy that's, that does, knows how to do this and work for the city. So he gets up and boom, boom, boom. And I will say that one of the neighbors, and he was the older guy, he actually found a mistake that we that we had made or that in one of our calculations like you know it was a walkout and i guess uh when we were calculating or our guy was guy he didn't calculate it as square footage for right? the record this wasn't my project it was not <laughs> it was not but after it was all said and done i walked out of the committee and walked up to all of them i said look like i'm gonna live here guys so what is it you want I'm not here to cause any shit. What do you want? You want me to put in 16 more trees? I'll do it. Do you want me to cut my house back a little bit? I'll do it. So I ended up cutting the house back. Like I said, it was 4,200 square feet. I brought it right back down to 37 or 38. I mean, it's still a big house. I mean, it's stupid. But 
I brought it back to what they asked. What more can I do? And they still kept going. They weren't happy with that. Even though you what gave. A, you know what? The ones at the back kind of just left me alone. Two on the side kind of just, you know, they worked me right through, right through to the end. Wow. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite committee story. You were involved in this. I was going to say names or whatever, but fairly close to, to where we are now, kind of in the neighborhood. Committee I represent my clients, so it's part of my services. It's included, you know, if you have to go to committee of adjustment, uh, I'm responsible for uh, submission to, to the committee and rep representing you at the hearing. One thing in the process that we use as a useful tool is uh, a research request. So you can, it's a, you know, $169 for a, a half kilometer radius, or you can, you know, double the fee, go a kilometer radius, and you can get, you know, as freedom of information, uh, all the decisions in going back 10 years, you know, so again, half a kilometer or a kilometer radius from the subject property. It's a valuable tool, you know, you're trying to gauge, you know, what's obviously, um, you know, what's uh, been passed, uh, you know, recently. Project in particular, the direct neighbor uh, on one side uh, was adamant that she just didn't want, you know, this, it was a, it wasn't even a new build. It was uh, a gut, a new second story. I mean, we were certainly increasing the size of this, you know, small wartime bungalow, but I had, through the process of the, the research request, uh, I'd gotten, I had the information on their house, which, they had just done, you know, two years previous. Dun, dun, I dun. had a list of all of their variances. And sure enough, you know, this woman was stomping her. She was quite irate. She just didn't want this happening next to her. Um, and in the back and forth that she came up, had her, her chance to, uh, to protest. And uh, in my rebuttal, I said, well, you know, it's funny, actually, I, I do have the, uh, the variances that were approved for your property two years ago, and they're all above and beyond what we're requesting here today. Which is always great, valuable information to present at and a committee of adjustment. If you saw the steam. <laughs> um, and, and we got yeah. approval. I mean, just, but I mean, I don't think that really had anything to do with it. So, and something I tell my clients all the time as well is that obviously you want your immediate neighbors on each side, you know, someone across the street, someone that backs onto, you know, in a perfect world, you want them to, to be on board, be happy. You know, you tried, most people I think want to be a good neighbor. Um, but, you know, obviously that's not always the case. And some people, again, I mean, and further to what you were just saying, like some people will never be happy, right? So no. you can, you know, try and work with them as much as possible. At the end of the day, you realize, look, this is still my house. You know, uh, if you're trying to get input from six different people on what they think is appropriate, you know, you're, you're always going to lose. So are the ones that are bitter already renovated their homes or haven't renovated their homes yet? I think it's 50-50. Really, 50 yeah? But yeah, I mean, in my case on this one is, I mean, they were fairly half-decent-sized homes. It's, nothing's been done to them. I mean, one, the one beside me was so ratty. Raccoons and everything were actually living in the oh, attic. Wow. The eavesdrop, I have videos of the eavesdrops like just pouring onto my property. It, it ended up costing me an extra five grand when we were digging, that the, wa that the water is, went into the, into the ground so deep that I had to dig, 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 dig till I Ouch. got to natural soil. And then I had to fill it all up with concrete. He was one of my biggest pains in the ass. People and then, you know, I mean, it's um, <laughs> the shit that you go through. Like that whole 
scene about the trees and mm -hmm. should have shut up and they would have had more trees. I'm standing there doing my landscaping with my landscaper standing on the back looking out and oh, it looks good, looks good. And then he comes over and stands at the fence and he, you know, he's already chirped to me about the trees and <laughs> giving me shit for that. And he goes, you're, you know, you're, you're a really shit neighbor. That's what he says to you? Yeah. He says, you're, you know, you're it's really... It's funny. Feelings <laughs> kind of mutual. He says, you're really a shit neighbor. I go, and my landscaper's kind of looking at me and I go, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I said, you know, he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I said, I don't know. What are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to bring the value of yours down. So it just so happens my landscaper is also a real estate agent. So I look at him and I look back over at that guy and I said, all right, that's awesome. How much do you want? And I know you're in the financial business and a financial whatever, I'm going to make sure I tell my clients that you actually think real estate's going to fucking go down when you sell your house. You would have made my life a lot easier <laughs> if you had a sold before we started this whole process. Jesus. But, oh. and, and that's the, the other side of the people, you know, so, you know, as the people who have renovated, as the people, you know, have the, you know, the house hasn't been touched in, in 40 years. And a lot of those, those are the older homes and you see it a lot. People, again, some people just don't like change, right? So no. it's noisy, it's, it's messy, da, da, da. I'm happy, you know, we've lived here for 40 years and my kids grew up here and, you know, that whole thing. And we're increasing your property value. And they say, wow, well, property taxes are going to go up. You know, it's that kind of like, so there's some people that just never really Doesn't happy. Matter. And, and they, some truly don't care that property values are going up. They just look at it as it's change. You know, for some reason, it's they're, they're losing somehow. They're yeah. losing that kind of, you know, what they had and I don't know it's it's interesting but, it's, I mean on, it's human on, psychology it's but on the upside too I mean there, there's this younger couple I mean they're Craig's age and they bought down the street and they were renovating and I like being called young by the way younger <laughs> she came down and we were just finishing up she goes Jim this place is awesome she goes what's your next one when are you ripping the next one down i go jesus like i i don't know i mean we're doing one over there but that's you know for the client and i mean she goes just keep ripping them down <laughs> i just love the you know the way this street is changing she goes Fuck everybody just rip them down i want to see progress <laughs> jesus but so there are ones that love what you're doing what exactly do they hate? They just hate the change? Uh, you know is what? I mean, I, I get it. I Are mean, they too nervous that a, a modern monster is going to show up? Is that the biggest fear? And I even said that, that it was, you know, to, to, the, to the neighbors. I said, look, if I don't do it, and you guys know who I am. You know, I lived in the neighborhood. I said, so that's the upside. I said, if I don't do it, and some... A hole of a contractor comes in just just because he's who got doesn't a even care of money getting it out of his country because you at least care about the I neighborhood. Said, you know, we have hoarded the place up. We got locks on everything. We clean the street every day. I mean, you know, the lady across the street came and she goes, "Oh my God, Jim, you know, that's so good." I go, "What's that?" She goes, "You're out here sweeping the street every day. You know, you hose it down." She goes, "That's great." I go. Thank you. This is what we, you know, we try to do, right? I mean, we know we're upsetting the street. It's a given. A the longer you chirp at me and and hold me off, 
the longer it goes on. It's true. Just what he was saying in the yeah. beginning. I know. But I, I truly think it is. Some people just do not like change. I mean, it's no. this kind of weird thing in human psychology. Of, and, you know, it's older people. Again, so you've got people who have been there for decades. And it's like that. We liked it the way it was. So yeah. even if you kept the entire facade exactly the same, you did not expand the footprint and all you did was modernize the interior, they still would chirp. Um, possibly. It's the trucks. It's, it's the yeah. trucks. It's the it's, noise. It's the mess. We get up at yeah. early, uh, like the noise starts at 7. I yeah. yeah, I would say, I don't mean you would know better than I, Jim, but I, know, I think that probably interior renos are uh, you know, a, a lot easier. less of yeah. a headache. than. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for sure, you've... I mean, it's the big noise. Oh, it's a big. You got guys show up, big tractor trailer, show up, <laughs> big machine gets <laughs> off. You know, sitting there at six a.m. and all you hear is the diesel. You get guys swearing at each other in six different languages. What's up? How's it going, you? It's true. Oh man. Construction workers aren't known for, right? No, especially our excavator. Oh. But even if they Fuck came, you. They... <laughs> get back I in your house. I've heard some good stories about that guy. Really, he just does not give a doesn't shit care anymore. He's been doing it for so long, he just doesn't give a shit. Taking down thirty-year hedges because they're just not convenient for what he has to do at that moment. I think he should come on the show. Oh, he, oh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He's man. a he's a fellow countryman. You'd love. Oh, him. is it really? He's a pork oh. chop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll get along really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, you know what? I gotta die away. You have to have subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so you got into like custom residential. Why not get into commercial? It was just. Uh, it, I mean, it was just kind of that. You know, it sounds cliche, but kind of first love. I even again, I mean, it started in high school when I was getting into drafting and just houses interested me and uh, residential design interest, interested me. When I was a, actually, when I was a kid, my uh, my stepdad used to love open houses. So I remember as like, you know, I'm five, six, six years old. Like, the, the Snoopy and neighbors, yeah, eh? oh, totally. Just go like, in you know, and just that, that was like a, an sign event, the you know, fake what are name? Doing this? Oh, there's an open house. house? Uh, that was like, <laughs> you know, a family outing. And, and I remember, I mean, I was very young, but I, I clearly remember it. And I, it like, I mean, who knows, but it kind of almost like back to then, it was like, okay, like this is a really, you know, young kid walking through these houses. And uh, I don't know, it's interesting. But I, I, I mean, to me, I think it's really personal. And one thing actually as well, like, getting into the, the construction management and the thing, you know, right out of school, it's, it's a completely different animal. It is. It, it's certainly a lot less personal, but I mean, just even in the administration, and that's what I worked in, I was pushing paper for, for all the contracts and everything else. And it was just, it wasn't that fun. Everyone's worried about liability all the time and everyone's screaming at everyone about this, that, and the other thing. And residential design to me, it just, it's personal. It's people's homes. Uh, people have a vested interest. Uh, again, when I was working for the multidisciplinary firm where, you know, we dealt with track builders all the time and there was, you know, this back and forth of the track builders are like, this is, it's just about making money and, you know, it's a box, you know, we're doing master planning of communities, you know, what's the yield? Just Give me the yield. You know, how many towns, how many semis, how many. Uh, so what custom? excites you, Craig? Like, like what, what drives the boat there when you're designing something? Creativity, man. It you is get creativity. To, right? And that's one thing. I mean, you know, additions, renovations, maybe not as glamorous. Like, you know, 
it's it's easier to do a new home as opposed as opposed to you know fighting with something that you know you're keeping half of this old structure yeah. that's God knows how it was constructed. But I actually like those. Eh? They're more challenging. They get you well, thinking. It's, it's For definitely me, it's, a more re- it's rewarding, and yeah. that's a, yeah. when you, especially if you like. It's one thing if someone buys a house, um, you know, they don't even move in or they've been there a year and like tear this thing apart, you know. But someone who's lived in the house for 8, 10, 12, 15 years, and then, and then they decide, you know, let's tear this thing apart. Let's, right. let's, you know, make our dream home. And so when you take that house that they've lived in year after year after year, and then you completely transform it, yeah. completely transform it. Well, you had Rob, Rob Renna on. The, yeah, yeah. Um, so Rob's house, I mean, a complete transformation. That's a huge of, transformation. Of a house that they've lived in for years. For years. Yeah. Uh, but he made his list of things that he wanted to change and what he wa- you know, what but he wanted. But you can just see, well, you saw, like, the yeah. joy in both of their eyes. Like, when they, like he, he's over the moon. The and guy, I think that's what drives us to do what we do is, you know, like, Greg gets to create this with them. You know, they give him ideas. He puts it on paper. You know, he, he can create for them and... And then it's just the the roller coaster of emotions, the ride, the ride, the ride. But it, you know, why can't it be like the horsey ride with the one quarter in it? And it that's never it. is. <laughs> you can't be. And I and I always say, I mean, I I don't know if the easy part, but I mean, certainly, you know, I'm more maybe you know the beginning stage. It's kind of fun, you know, outside <laughs> of you know waiting on waiting on you know zoning reviews and committee of adjustment and building permits, you know, but the design, design phase should be fun and people are kind of excited where then, but once the builders get involved, then, you know, the real money is flying around, you know, mm-hmm. it's not now we're talking, you know, we're talking big bucks and yeah. it's like, you know, tensions can get a little, high. A little bit. So <laughs> I'm fortunate that I am kind of on the, uh, the easier yeah. side of the equation. And then, you know, <laughs> As I say, shit gets real. <laughs> <laughs> you know? As soon as the hammer starts swinging, man. Like I said before, it's time, money, and emotion. There they are. That's not a good three to mix. Choose. So what? But what, they're all there. What are clients dreaming about these days when they're looking at doing that that huge rental or that new build, tear down, whatever it is? What are they dreaming about? As far as the you know renovations additions, for sure, it's you know it's pretty typical. It's Big kitchen, a, a young family that uh, you know has probably been in the house for you know a, a number of years, or you know m- maybe not, but it's time to expand. Everyone's you know the kids are getting older. We're on top of each other now, especially with COVID. You got two parents, and in a lot of cases, working at home now. Of course, he's going through that right now. That must have shifted things for you, everybody, for you yeah. and for everybody. Like, I guess that's the big thing that you talk to all contractors. Everybody wants a proper home office now. They sure. want proper spaces now. Yeah, for in, sure. In their homes, right? So the home is actually changing design-wise. It really is. And, uh, I mean, there's trends with everything else. But certainly right now, uh, to earlier conversation, it's just people are just looking for more space. You know, in a lot of cases, you know, you might have two kids in one room. You know, I mean, depending or, you know, they've. Three and kids, I got two three brothers. Kids in two we, we, it was three of us that in was one room. Three twin beds in one room. That was the norm for us, man, growing up. Yeah, and that are. also goes back to people don't like change. So if you have someone, you know, you got a, a couple that's been in the house for 40 years, and now all of a sudden, like even someone wants to build a, a, a 20... 800 square foot home like oh they're building these monster homes you know <laughs> so we raised we raised four kids and you know a thousand and uh, people were that's shorter smaller and they needed less space at that time it's that's truly like going now. back to that because you know people did raise a, we, we did that on we did that on on the show we went 
And I, and I even said that. I said, look, we're building three, 4,000 square foot houses, and they're still Huge. not big enough for three people. Yeah. I said, let's go into my dad's, where I was raised. I remember that. And there he was, down in the basement, 85 years old, getting a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, I know. And we walked, we got up, we, we pulled in the driveway, and, uh, and I bent down in the garden, and there were some flowers there, right? They were, you know, they were shooting, obviously, and the producer, I said, you see, you see how far my old man's ahead of time? These flowers will look exactly the same in the winter. They're plastic. <laughs> 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 and we were raised, three of us, in 600 square feet. That's how it was, man. So why are people crying over 4,000 square feet? They owned that feet? house for 66 years. Each bedroom has an ensuite nowadays. That's a must, right? It depends, but absolutely, that comes oh. up all the time. Oh for my sure. God. My but daughter there's... needs her own ensuite. Well, she's <sighs> eight months years old. Where is she going <laughs> to use her iPhone? It's just, right. it's like, come on. I mean, it is a little much, no? And oh, I, I think so, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's a lesson right there with children, you know, like you, they're getting too much too early or too soon, whatever. And it's like going back to how many kids being raised in a house, it's like, hey, you can share a bathroom. Like, if you, like, yeah. there's less, there's life lessons here. You know? That was a <laughs> typical to, 80s staple. Like, you tangent. share a bathroom. If you and had you're going to clean the goddamn bathroom. Oh, too. man, you were fighting if you had sisters. Like, well, who got I mean, in I there first? I raised my kids when we were, when we, when we had, and we had, one bathroom yeah. right and you know when we moved to our bungalow it was almost like my parents two bedrooms at the back bathroom a small little galley kitchen you walk in you're in the kitchen from the front door and then you got your little living room that was it we did it we're just we're all kind of living a little excessively right we i mean in north totally. america i think that's a north american uh, thing it's definitely i, I think europeans europeans are a lot more functional with their minimum amount of space that they have because europeans do not have four thousand square foot homes no if they do they're castles of some sort right. you know that's a different story right no we're for all sure. spoiled 100 percent. yeah yeah that's a north american thing yeah for sure so, i'm just curious what else other things that because i know when i meet clients it's always about the kitchen. It's about the kitchen. And it's always sure. open concept. It's always about get rid of this wall, make this huge. And it's always about the en-suites. It's yeah. like massively about en-suites, eh? Oh, like, mostly ma masters, right? The master Yeah, the master. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, give me the I, steam shower. Give me this. Give me steam shower, freestanding, everything. The kitchen. I mean, yeah. it, to me, it's just a hub. I mean, I've got a, a four-year-old son. Um, so even like what you're entertaining, but then it's like, in the morning, you're in there, you're just trying to make him breakfast and get him out to school. You know, you're, you're getting in the door and you're scrambling to get dinner together. Like, everyone's always in the kitchen. So to have that big island, have the space, have that function. Let you me, spend so much time it, in that space. You like, guys probably know this. I mean, do you still use this? Because I've had so many clients ask me about this, is, is, is the work triangle. Do we still use it? Because I remember that from high school and my yeah. drafting days, right? Yeah. But I tell clients, that work triangle does not exist in today's temple. I don't think so, right? It doesn't You don't hear work. that much There's of it. There's a fine line of I think you, you hear know, it more if, like if you, like if we'll go to Brad or something, which is our, our kitchen guy, like they still... They still can. They would really? still look to at some, it that to way. To some yeah. extent, you yeah. Know, you have to, but it's also you look. You're kind of you know you're looking at even the location of the fridge. Say 
you know, proximity to the, the, like the, the living area, family room. Right. So, you know, you're popping over to, to grab a drink out of the fridge or something. I mean, it's those simple, really basic things. But even for the, the triangle, I mean, again, if you got a good sized kitchen, I, I, I love the big island. You know, I'm always pushing. Islands it. are amazing. I, I see and I've seen like a, you get 3,500 square foot houses and there's an island that's like six feet. It always blows my mind. Like that's, that's the hub to me when you're entertaining. That's yeah. where the food is. You, you know, put out some nibblies and you know, people are, are, are literally, but also clean up too. That's where drinks. all the cleanup starts. Like you drop all the dirty stuff at the end of the night there and then you organize the kitchen. It's See, like, for I me, still, like a I nine still. foot or a 10 foot Island to me is just the yeah. like nine foot, maybe the sweet spot. What did, but, I, you have, know, what did I have in that place? It was eight. I think that nine. was an eight there, but, but it, was it worked so, perfectly in it that worked space. Perfect, yeah. yeah. But it was so deep. It, I couldn't reach the other side. Well, that's why four foot deep, I, right. I think is It was great. bigger you than were, four? Or, no. Well, you can't get it. it so was, there's a, a void of that was space that never gets you. I, I like having the 12 foot long island to conversations. And then we're like, you realize. But you know what I still Slab like, restrictions. And I get. That's when the, yeah. I the, still the like. are over and they're on the other end. You're like, well, I can't hear you. <laughs> I still like the raised part like six the inch. split seven the sec oh, yeah. really i like the 42 inch where you where you all sit at yeah not not this one level and uh, and i and i take a lot of heat for that you know they oh jim well that you're old you're just it what? covers the kitchen clutter it covers though, the well, kitchen right clutter, so if there's you know so you, you've been cooking it space. up chefing it up and there's you know maybe a bit of a mess let's face it right you're and yeah, you get that raised counter and it's just not. Yeah. But it's a design challenge for you nowadays because I'm seeing clients like it's gone are the days of just a range. Now it's a cooktop and double oven, Dude, steam oven, espresso you wait, machine, you wait possibly microwave. You know, it's like it's like appliance after appliance after appliance. I'm like, are we building an appliance showroom or are we building, building Give me a another home? month and wait till you see this kitchen. Oh, I'm hearing about this. It's taken up the whole, so it's a renovation. So it's taken you should up. Photoshop an image of it just going right out the neighborhood, right to the sidewalk, right to the it street. Pretty much it does. <laughs> <laughs> it takes up the whole existing. At the rough stage, it was massive. Floor. The whole the floor. hood is eleven or twelve feet long. It's like driving a 1972 Thunderbird. It's like that size hood. <laughs> so he's huge. got a 60 a 60 inch range wolf that's five feet oh no 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 wait we're not finished <laughs> and he's got some other kind of thing in between and then another 40 inch wolf range 10 feet of hoodness 10 feet of cooking you should start 11 feet the, of hoodness the tapanyaki table yeah that's that, and, that's, and that's, uh, that's that's over that's in the old the, living that's room the other side exactly yeah that's should, i gotta say i mean that's i've never that's pretty i've sweet, never though. seen that i've certainly never you, you know what be, designed if, i know you've mentioned to me that he does that's he's a cook he's a chef he likes a hobby chef like, that's, that's rewarding because i don't like the clients that want that picture perfect kitchen that no. never gets used because they have such a huge uber Eats yeah. No, he said like this thing will be going all the time. Which he is has great. his buddies over, and which is great. Which is is what it should be, and that's that's yeah. the question: is where function over beauty, right? Design. I, I I'm ne I've never been a fan of the wall ovens myself. I don't know. I feel it takes up precious real estate, like especially if you're going to go with some you know high end wolf or something oh, yeah. like that. I've that never do the, the 48, the the 60 inch. You got more than you know the double. You, 
do your double up in there um, and then free up a bit of space in the walls for, yeah. for something else. I feel like you chew up a bit of valuable real estate with the double wall. Unless, I mean, of course, you're you know, dealing with... Let's get into kids' rooms. Uh, are kids' rooms, like I'm noticing every single kid's room, like I go, I go back to en-suites. Every single kid has an en-suite now and plenty of closet space. When I'm sure, Jim, and I, you and I, like it was a two-by-four closet with like rickety glass mirror sliding doors, right? That's what our closet space my, was. Our closet for the three, like the, <laughs> my two brothers. So, and I, one door was always was a, busted, right? Yeah, it was a 24-inch door. <laughs> that you squeeze through yes and it had maybe two and a half feet of hanging space yes and all three of us had to put our shit in there and the shelf was always dipped in the middle dipped with the about middle. three inches of yeah. deflection well in the older the older <laughs> closets you never even had the full two foot depth eh? it was always no, like no, 18 no. inches yeah, yeah, shit's yeah. like sideways and the clothes is all bent and, you know all the <laughs> hangers are all twisted. and there were six so there was eight years between my oldest brother and then six years between me and my middle brother <laughs> So the way the way it all worked, like you know, the the oldest brother would just hand his clothes down to the next one, and but then that six year gap, like I was getting clothes, like holy shit, like dude, when are you gonna grow into these things, <laughs> right? But I had to wear them. That was the only way we had closet space. <laughs> <laughs> but but now it's like soft clothes drawer for my socks, my oh, kids' oh. socks, and soft drawer clothes for this, and I'm like, wow, I don't get it. You know what's funny though? You say like for sure recently the trend to all the, the ensuite bathrooms, but I feel like just recently I had a few conversations with clients and they're coming back around. No, I like we're not we're not doing that. Yeah, so like I've, a couple I'm of things that you've like just it's designed, starting right? to to come back to like we're Share not the doing the ensuite forever, you know. Yeah. And now I mean we've done a lot of really you, especially, you know, if there's only two kids and you do the great like I don't I've never been a fan of the Jack and Jill per se because it's always there's a door open you got to close right. this door and it's a lot of door to, space. But to do a shared bath that works, so you know you, you know one door in, but then you know you you break up the the shower yeah. or tub and toilet uh, with the vanity space, so you know one kid can be in there brushing her teeth and someone can be using the toilet, someone can yeah. be in the shower. It's a simple you know you have if you have the space just to to use that space economically, break it up and and be able to you know keep the toilet and the, and the tub uh, separate without having the, the Jack and Jill. And then it's just sure, functional. Yeah. But yeah, again, you're getting away from this. Like, yeah, every, every bedroom with a bathroom or the non-suite. It's, laundry uh, in the basement, laundry on the second floor. Preference is always, it seems now for sure. Of course, people want it on the second floor, but it depends on. It's the you noise. You run out of space quickly in some of these houses. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm our projects run 50, the game. 50 again, right? It's kind oh, of really? Yeah. Is, it, is it a noise thing? Because when do we do laundry? Okay, you know what? This is going to sound pretty it's shitty. A space thing. Yeah, they don't want to take up their space on the second floor because we have a nanny. Dum, dum, dum. It's true. It's right. It's because they have a nanny. It, yeah. de it definitely depends on the project. You know, I mean, obviously, you've got some project. You know, you've got, you know, 28, 3,000, 35, 4th, and whatever, 6,000 square foot houses. Those are easy to work around. The real challenges are the small, you know, you got a 25 foot lot. How do you and, do it? You know, we're, they want the laundry upstairs, but ultimately the laundry ends up being a laundry closet and you don't have the folding counter, those things, you know, so. But that's how you get creative. You start figuring out and maybe even do some Google searches and see, look I, at. See, I actually liked know. it on the second floor. I in my, prefer in my second, Lambeth house, sure. right? I prefer It second. wasn't huge. I had the smaller units from Sub-Zero, the ASCO ones. Neat little counter, you know, so it was tucked away. 
it worked like for myself it always kids, drove right? me crazy that you had to go all the way downstairs to drop off your dirty laundry well, or you or you just get a shoot then to, a lot uh, of people are putting but now you gotta, i have a full-size laundry room in my basement you know where i fold my clothes either on my bed or on the couch while i'm like watching so TV. you walk so all I, the way down or you walk all the way up. About, i have to go but you still so if you're on the second floor maybe it ends up being more of a laundry closet you don't have you know counter space to do pull but i don't do that anyways it's what you, you know? get used to anyway but now let's talk about mechanical rooms. Oof. Are we giving ourselves enough of space for mechanic? Because that's the biggest well, we gripe. Are now. We are. We that have is, to now because of the HRVs, ERVs, the all kinds of RVs, CRVs, all kinds of everything. It's Everybody wants an RV. RV. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're parking an RV in there. But it's like I mechanical mean, porn. It's insane, man. <laughs> I have a client right now, which is great. He's actually. I've got the trades coming in. He goes, listen, guys. I want this mechanical room to be Instagram worthy. And I'm like, what? What did you just say? I'd like, do you want some diamond plating on the wall? Or he goes, no, 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 no. Maybe some nice painted gray plywood, plywood or that's something. All, that's what I we was do like, to okay, but it. I just want it to look organized. I yeah. want a manifold. I want But this. it does look great. It does. And I want enough. This is great to hear from a client. Yes. I want enough space so then everything's here. Can we move that drain over there? Can we move the water supply in there? Can we yeah. just move everything in Make there? Make that bracket a little t- <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's yeah. funny you say that because I feel like now more than ever, Rob was one of them for sure. He was like, right, well, he, he was, was all about the, because he had seen Helston and he was all about the mechanical room, which was funny, right? It's like, you got all these things to discuss in this new, you know. Oh, just the, give me the mechanical. So, but it's, it's he's true. not the only one. It's something that's coming up more and more. Yeah. Men, like, men prefer. Oh, yeah. Women. I've never heard a woman. But say that's like, the <laughs> argument. Okay, so is the mechanical room more important than the kitchen, or is the kitchen more important than the mechanical yeah. room? Depends. Well, I've on never which... heard. A, I never heard a woman say I'd really like a really nice laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard one say that? How big the HR? <laughs> <laughs> You can have all the things you want, but just give me a laundry room. <laughs> okay, okay. How important are powder rooms? Because that's the big. Okay, I'm thinking. Okay, wait a second. Why, they, why do they call them powder, powder rooms? Because you powder your nose, you take a little break, and then you go in there. No, they don't. I had a funny moment today because we built a powder room on that house on the Phoenix Project yeah. there, and they used a three quarter ply oak veneer as a door. Huh. And so the client asked me, can you flush the toilet? And I'm like, sure, I'll flush the toilet. Flush the toilet, close the door. We all hear the toilet. <laughs> so I go, hang on a sec, guys. Hang on, hang on. Let me do this again. I go back into the room, close the door, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I come out. Did anybody hear that? <laughs> nobody's going to use the powder room on this floor, man. Yeah. As a guest, nobody's going to use it. Well, even, you know, you just might have to have a little tinkle. And how many times do you let out a pretty good fart? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, like half, halfway in the night, it's, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but take the leak again. <laughs> in, in Toronto homes, you have such a tight 17 foot wide home, 50 feet long or whatever it is. And they always want open concept, no walls, kitchen, dining, okay. living. You want to know where do we know. put the potter room? Where you do we know. Okay. But you can do the potter room. Underneath the stairs? No, you can do the power room. Just keep don't. the porta potty from the construction. Keep the porta potty, <laughs> exactly. You don't hear anything there. You just need to take a two by four in. <laughs> you know how you get rid of the noise? How? Stop putting tile and everything. It reverbs. Right. 
Good point. So just make it a sound room? My house? I've never. Put ever. tile in the powder room? No. I always put What do you do? Wood, wood or something? Like yeah, put hard Absorb. Wood. Absorb the sound. Wallpaper. That makes a yeah. lot of sense, Put actually. something that will absorb the sound. That I mean, it's not going to be. You're still going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to hear. <laughs> These are the meetings that you have with the clients when they're talking about powder room. Okay, they don't look, we're like... going to talk about powder rooms. Give me your highest pitch. <laughs> <laughs> you decibel reading. Yeah, yeah. Tell me when you show me when you're really constipated. How this going to work? <laughs> but, but to your point, I I literally just had this conversation yesterday with my assistant on a project we're working on. Said, well, you know, we'll. Again, smaller, smaller footprint. You're trying to you make all these things work. Like you said, open concept. The powder room, you're always trying to find a place to tuck it in. Depending on the layout, like it's always going to be adjacent to something. You're always trying to protect yeah, the space. Yeah, that's the weird thing. So I said, you know what? And, and what we were looking at, I said, it's not a priority for me right now in design. That's something we can maybe sell the client on. But there's a, they had a, there's a beautiful bathroom that's downstairs that was renovated you know, a couple of years ago. There's going to be a beautiful you know, new main bath upstairs. Some, you know, again, going back to like, we're a little bit spoiled North America, right. our mentalities, like for one, the, you know, that ground floor, it's just going to benefit from having a little more space and then be not actually having a power just jammed in somewhere I've where you're going to hear someone having a fart. When I, they're having I've a always piss. gone that. I said, your guests will never want to use it if it's right there. It's yeah. like a spotlight, especially right the women. There. I mean, you if see you them, they look a little on. uncomfortable, like. Right. Hey, honey, do you have to have a pee there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go um, downstairs and then you like have If you can put it off a mudroom, great. But if you can't, like you say, walk four feet and go down the basement. I've had clients ask me to put it right in the corner of a kitchen. Yeah. Get Which rid again, of this cabin and now, put it in the kitchen. is now the hub of like when you're entertained. That's where everyone is. Everyone's going to yeah. see you. They're going to hear you. They're going to know you. So that, that's not a good spot for a power well, room. Put it at the front sure. door then. Is it going to kill someone to walk down a flight, no, walk won't. up or down a flight of no, steps? And like not. you said, and now they have some privacy and now it's, you know, uh, it, it's right. definitely something that um, I think we need to get away from right. trying to shoehorn these little powder rooms on. Right. Back when we were in my, like when we were growing up, if somebody with my mom was the only female in house, if she was in the, that in the cabinet, right? The poor <laughs> thing, right? If we had to go. Downstairs in the yeah, laundry, in the laundry it, tub. That's how it was. Or yeah. in the drain. Like it is that's, that's what it, you did. Yeah, that's how it was. You know? tree. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get the trees involved. Yeah. How, right. how, how, <laughs> how tech savvy are clients getting these days? Are we getting a little ridiculous? I mean, we talk about North America and I, I really don't know what the tech is I think in I, Europe. I, I, I think it's the age. Depends on the age. I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Everybody wants, like, obviously they want a Nest or some sort of digital device for a doorbell, which I had a funny situation today. So the whole house was getting outfitted with a bunch of home automation stuff, like really cool stuff, plastered speakers. So they disappeared. Yeah. They're nice. They sound nice. Expensive. They're putting everything in. And then all of a sudden I see this. 1970s Canadian Tire kind of doorbell cover plastic thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that, man? This whole house is technology based. And then I got that? What is that? And then you had the same thing with the camera from the back. And it was, it looked like everything's screwless plates. But this one plate in the whole house that has the, the, the computer channel from the camera outside is got this screw plate with this 
cheesy 70s kind of awning on it. I was going, guys, what is this shit, man? Like, can you get rid of that? And Couldn't the client, afford it again. client came up to me goes, this, yeah, I was actually going to say something. I just can't believe they installed that. And then they, all of a sudden I turned around and came back up and there was a nice decor style with a little brush metal kind of uh, hair thing with the wire coming out. And I was like, that's 2020. I like that. Now the doorbell. Can we talk about that? Okay, sorry, guys. So, so, so hang on. Get the mic there. Um, sorry, we had just a little technical glitch there, but now we're back. We're, we're back. back. We're back. What are we back? Okay, so Craig's you were going on about some doorbell, doorbell shit. Uh, I, I'm done with the doorbell story. We, we've restocked on some liquids here. That's what we've done, which is great. Thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go now? Where do you want to go now? Hydration is important. Hydration. Well, we were talking about you were talking about automation, but you know just. Before your little thing there froze up. <laughs> we were talking cold. about technology before the technology yeah. just shit. Which is ironic. Right. Yeah. It's ironic, man. And I think I think the automation is uh, getting out of specific. Hand. Well, it does, but with the ages. And True. I don't mean age. I mean age of the client. But I you guys, you were saying last time that you have younger. Client like and they want 30s, everything and they want everything yeah and Every- then when I get into you know like the fifties now ah, Jim you know I just want to dim the lights and you know maybe be able to do this maybe turn the alarm on that's it I don't want the rest okay the, the one all right the major component to me is, is still budget because it's I'm finding budget. especially now you know I mean look at lumber costs are skyrocket like construction budgets are going up and up. Um, people are already coming in with really unrealistic expectations of what something's going to cost them. I mean, where are I they see getting their over. numbers from? Do you ask them that? I, I ask them know, that all the time. There's a lot of people still think they're building for 150 bucks a square foot, and I don't know where they make because that's what that? their dad told them. Uh, you know, but I don't know. It's the major stumbling block I'm finding right now, just tempering people's expectations on what they can get for their money. So further that, just like technology, that's great, and you know. There's a budget for everyone. Some people have unlimited budgets and they can have all the bells and whistles and that's great. But, and particularly if you're talking about younger people, they're the ones who want everything and they're, let's face it, you know, buying power, whatever, they're probably at a disadvantage. And of course we're generalizing at this point, but younger people are typically going to have, you know, a few less bucks to spend than, you know, someone who's uh, further on in life and built a career or whatever. So <laughs> you're tempering those, like, I want everything. I'm like, well, do we they, don't even have the budget to build the house. Right. Do, do, they right want, do they want everything for two reasons? One, so they can enjoy it for the time that they're there. Because I get the sense that if you're in your 30s and you're renovating for the very first time a big rental, you're not doing it for your forever home. You're not staying there for 20, 30, 40 years. You're staying there for maybe a decade at the most. The second reason is, are they doing it because of for sale? Yes. To get the benefits of like, listen, this house has home automation. This house has this. I think, I think you know. Everything. I think we got to give them that benefit that they're smart enough. And let's just face it, with all the shit that's on HGTV and everything else, and you know, I mean, I was part of that years ago. Um, media guy, the media guy. <laughs> you were part of the problem. I was part of the problem. <laughs> that you, I mean, your home is kind of a retirement fund. Right? It is. So, and they see, you know, ad bit, and especially my girls, you know, they're renovating, you know, we just finished my, you know, both my daughter's places, renovated their kitchens and everything else. And, um, one just sold and she's going to move north of the city later. And, uh, and the other one's just finishing and they're getting ready to do a bathroom because they know 
they'll be there for the next maybe four or five years, but then they want to step it up, right? To the next step it up, level. what like renovate it again? Or no, no, they buy... want to step up to the next level. Mm. You know, we're in a they're in a nine million, you know, a nine hundred thousand to a million now. You know, four more years. Oh, you know, Dad, they want you. We can get this place here for like one two. I said, well, that's this year. It's probably going to be one five by the time you get yeah. there. But they want to step up to a bigger house. So my youngest daughter, who's now living with me, they just sold a few weeks ago and, and did well. They made a couple hundred grand on their first house. But now they're moving to Collingwood. Because they can get 2,700 square feet for 800,000. Yeah, smart move. Four bedrooms. And that's where they're going to go. And, you know, and they'll probably have a $500,000 mortgage, which is nothing for somebody that's 30 years old. At that age, for yeah. sure it is. It's yeah. smart. Yeah. I mean, let's talk some numbers. I mean, we talked about home automation. Home automation can get to a hundred grand, like in a blink of an eye. Seconds. But I mean, are, are clients surprised to hear that a lumber package is a hundred grand these days? It can be for a 4,000 square foot house. It can get up there. Right. And then you oh, start, it's going to be a hundred grand for sure. Easily. Right. That that's just wood, but then they want to yeah. save the money for the sub zeros for the wolves for that specific countertop from Italy, from a particular stone that nobody else has. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it starts to cost a lot of money. So when you said 150 a square, that's just ludicrous to hear that. That's not what it costs to build your dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's realistically, what is it? It's like you're in the 350. Well, I mean, we were just pricing out a job where Craig and I are working on a job right now. And I gave Craig my numbers what I think it's going to be. And I think it worked out to like about 400 bucks a foot. That's normal. That's and what then I think it he is. got another price from somebody else and it's like 500 bucks a foot. It's it definitely, it's hard to put that uh, square foot cost together. You have to be comparing scope to scope. Right. Obviously if you're building a new house, it's, you know, again, you know, 25, 3,000, 35, 4,000 square feet. Sure. New build. It, it's easy there. You get, um, you've got an existing, 1100 square foot house we want to gut the you know we're seeing this all then we're going to do a gut or especially the bungalow we want to you know gut the bungalow and then you know Build do a top. new second story nine times you can throw those numbers around and say like i, I mean i i usually say 400 a foot right now let's just get people understanding kind of what we're talking about but if you go back after the fact and, and crunch your numbers depending on you know a, again a smaller scope you're going to end up at like 450, maybe 500. Yeah. When you actually, you know, when you actually go back and look at the numbers and break it down, it's not four. It's actually more than 400 square foot. Yeah. Now, again, if you're, you know, getting to a, a larger, larger scope, then it starts to make more sense and kind of balances out. But I find for the smaller projects, it's kind of like there's this exponential kind of jump, right? Yeah. Um, it's, I, think, it's tricky. I think a lot of, too, like a lot of people seem to forget when you say, oh, it's, you know, subdivision home, or it's whatever, $300 a square foot. But your basement's not finished. So we're throwing out numbers, $400 a square foot. But your basement's finished. Well, see, this is where it gets tricky. Because when you start really start to add it up, and most of our basements, they're all finished, and they're not a basement anymore. It's the third floor. I call it the yeah, third floor. It, you know, it's just as much money going in there as there, you know, is yeah. everywhere else, right? Yeah. So if you really start to really cut that down, your number actually 
is less. It's true. Right? When you factor in the basement. Because we sure. factor in the basement now all the time. So, if we're, get, so if we're going to say we're $425 a square foot. Yeah, but you know, yeah. but you got 3,000 square feet in your basement or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That includes your basement, that, which, which is a full on, you know, bar, a full on laundry room, you know, the you home know, theater, theater room, or something, yeah. Exercise room, heated floors and nine foot ceilings and trim work everywhere, right? So who are the jokers that are selling 150 a square? I was, I mean, I was kind and of what being facetious a little no, bit. No, no, no. But, but literally, I mean, they, when you think, when they you are, talk to they, people what, what they expect, you know, you know, what is your budget? So basically what they're looking at, for it basically ends up being 150 a square foot. But I've, I've literally had some people say like, you know, 150, 200. But I mean, I don't think that's necessarily so, you know, the, so, the so let's just norm for an example so my daughter's buying this place for let's just round it off at eight hundred thousand, and they told me it's around 2900 square feet okay basement's not finished so what's that i'm not going to do math it's too late right now 250 so 250 <laughs> well i mean I round it off it was three thousand i didn't know there was going to be homework that's <laughs> not homework. Thousand. so you're you're probably 250 275 is that what it works out to be? I think so. Twenty nine times what? You're talking about eight hundred grand? Yeah. Twenty nine hundred square feet. What is it? Two sixty five or something? That is two seventy five. There you go. Two two seventy six called it. Not bad, eh, brother? Yeah, there you go. He's pretty close, eh? <laughs> yeah. He didn't need an iPhone for that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Old school brother. <laughs> okay, so you're basically at just under three hundred with that. There you go. That's so, a reasonably priced home. And that's where you go. It's the scope but, increases. But it's easier to get north actually, of the city. That's out of the city. Right. That's out of the core. And no basement finish. They get the little bit of insulation just below the freeze, and that's it. Yeah, that stupid wrap pack. The wrap shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not cool combined. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? We all know that, but yet it's still being done. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? Well, in the renovation, it's, it's compliant. Yeah, it's a joke, right? But I want to know where clients are getting their numbers from. Are they getting their numbers from going to the bank and based on their credit and they're like, this is what you're allowed? Or are they getting their numbers from reading house articles, Pinterest articles, Google articles, TV? God forbid. I don't think TV ever gives real numbers. They and make if it you look at it, like you're watching something free. that's coming out of the U.S. It's right. ridiculous. It's like, oh, they did this renovation. For the like the Well, how many lawsuits? They renovated the White House. <laughs> <laughs> so She's where, a nail technician, and uh, he's currently unemployed. Unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> Surviving on her nail technician salary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where are they getting their numbers when you come in and you explain to them? Like, we just explained that it costs 400 We have justified numbers that says it costs cost x amount you know what i've noticed okay so the clients i'm you know i'm looking i'm dealing with more clients that are in their 50s and they're well established and they've made some dough i went and looked at one you know last week again and you know they're adding on six thousand square feet to their already 10 12 000 square this is two people yeah wow. <laughs> and wow and you know, you know, I went around the fifty-six acres and saw it all, and it was absolutely amazing. Acres. And um, and then we sat down and we just had a you know quick chat. 
And I said, look, so you, I said, you know, roughly where you think this is going to be? And she goes, yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I'm going to be upwards of two. I said, you know what? That's not bad. I said, 6,000 times 400 is 4 point, you know, 2.4. I said, I think you're more in the 2.4, 2.5. And she goes, okay. That's why, because we don't know what we're doing yet. I said, yeah. So I said, great. So you do know what you're doing. She goes, yeah, we do this all the time. We'll do this next five years. We'll go again. I just finished a place over here close to us and we just renovated it. Yeah. And we lived in it for a year and we gone, but they, they get it. They, they get it. They, and they, those are the clients I like. Because they, they're that's, realistic that's with the their numbers. That's the 5% client, right? That's, yeah, that is that. Five the 95%, I'm always, I'm always, okay, so there's always two questions. I always ask clients, why did you hire me? I'm always curious on why you hired me. I yeah. want to know the reason. So what I did right or what I did wrong, right? And I always ask them, where did you get your numbers from? I really want to know. And majority of the answers or replies are, this is what we can afford. That's it. So they just figure out this is what I we can honestly, afford. Honestly, I think that's exactly it. Like where people, they'll, they'll, you know, determine... What the budget is, and then that becomes this is what we expect, like to build. Because they for. say it so much in their head that they actually believe that. But what they want to dream and what they can afford. And I've gone back, like this is, you know, what I said earlier, like this is the real battle right now of really tempering expectations when people are coming in now, and it's such a balancing act. You guys are builders, you know, so it's like, is this really their budget? They're always weary Very of contractors, and I, I just point. had a, a woman I met with the, the other day with uh, Dan, with Jim's uh, business partner, that we threw out some numbers and she said, when I hear the numbers, I think that that's a starting point. The conversation was that this is kind of, uh, you know, you could expect your max to be. budget to be, like the max. And it was clearly, you know, it's well laid out that, you know, this, you know, the max, just so you know, just the kind of oh shit factor is mm -hmm. this. And she replied, she said, well, when I hear that, I think that that's a starting point and it's only going to cost more than that. Just the battle of, of, of tempering people's expectations with budget. I'm constantly reinforcing with people. So they'll tell you, this is our budget. And I'll say, I'll be honest with you. I've seen, you know, a lot of tenders come in on very similar projects recently. And I think, you know, you're, you're probably out by two, two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000. I just, I put that on the table right off yeah. the bat. We can talk about it. We can look at, you know, different options. There's ways to pull out of the budget, but this is, this is my, what I'm telling you and what How I'm seeing right now. How do they react now. to that? But they don't hear you. They so don't you, you constantly, so it comes wow, back and it comes man. up again. Yeah, no, the budget's still, let's say, uh, the budget's wow. still 500000 So fixated on that first number that you told them, but not, that's the starting point. But see, this is what, uh, Craig and I talked about this the other day. It's how you frame the whole conversation. There's ways of doing it. And Craig said, he goes, look, this is, and this is the way to do it, just the way he said I have just done a few other jobs in that look similar to your project. This is what they came in at. So this is where I think maybe you should kind of start thinking where it might go. It's up to you. I mean, this is what I would say. I mean, I always say like this, it's up to you where you're going to, where it's going to go. Yeah, you may want to think that, you know, your $400,000. That's a great way to approach it. You know, your $400,000 that's in your head might not be enough and again you, you don't really know what their true budget is because they're already they maybe don't trust you or trust the contractors they so they're like well you know 
we might have a lot more to spend, but obviously no one wants to spend more than they have to. And they've got, it's like the guy who has like, you know, another 20 in his back pocket. Oh, Oh, they're keeping their cards close, right? For sure. And they have have every right to, for sure. But so I'm going in, someone tells me, uh, our budget's 500,000. I say, you know, I'll be honest with you. This is more like an $800,000 job. They go, "Um, okay, well, okay. So we have 500,000. So it's, the best thing I can do is just, I've said it. I always make sure there's at least at least one email, hopefully a couple emails reiterating that. I mean, at the end of the day, I never want to design something, obviously, that's not in the budget of my clients. That makes me look like I don't know what I'm doing. Are you drawing for 500 or are you drawing for 800? My typical philosophy, so being in that position and, you know, I've got a job right now that, again, same, that, that exact situation, I don't know. But, okay, I've got your wish list. Let's, and I always, I always like to design, let's go big picture. It's a lot easier. My philosophy is always, we'll go, go bigger big. picture. It's easier to start peeling stuff off and say, okay, we'll pull this out. We'll pull this out. But As that hurts. If, but if, if you're going, because when you don't know someone's true budget, when you, there's nothing worse than after a project, finding out someone had like $300,000 more to spend. It's true. Cause then you're, I say, if, if we don't go big picture and then, you know, if that doesn't work in the budget, we can peel stuff off. If we're going the other way around, I say, we're always chasing good design. No, because there's not, a, I would have done things a lot differently if I had have known. Now I would have, we could have done this, we could have done that. And that for them, for me, it's a, a losing proposition. So I'd rather, again, you just, you're chasing good design if you don't go big picture. So uh, here's, here's, here's my take on this. And, and we always ask, we try to get it out of the client. What's your budget? They'll and never if, tell and, you the truth though. Well, exactly. Whether they do or they don't, because here's, here's, it's hurting them. It is. It's not hurting us. Well, it hurts us because we just got to keep going along with the bullshit and trying to get there and trying to get there. So here, if any of them are listening, this is why you give your true budget. If you do, your if your first worry is, oh, if I give the true budget, if it's really, I'm going to tell them 250, but it's really four, they're going to charge me for four. You know what? Then go get three quotes. You're going to find out what the real quotes are going to be anyway. And if there is the guy that in realistic terms, you know, we told you $400 a square foot, you have a thousand square feet, it's 400,000. If the guy comes in at five, 600,000, then, Hey, he's not your guy. The other guys that said $400 a square foot or close to it, he's your guy. I always think of it like, give me your budget. If I can bring it in and you, your budget is four and I bring it in at 375, great. Hey, there you go. And I'll be more. And then you know this. Like if they say 400, I go, and we're looking at it, I go, ah, you know what? That's four might even be too much for what you want. We could probably do this between three and four. That, I'll be the first one to tell them that. That, only, that totally works better that way than coming in and saying our budget is 250. And it then. Don't, you trying to fight Let's that. Get what it makes on the me table. laugh is when people think, well, if I tell you what it is, then you're going to spend it all. Right. The other side of the coin is that you're halfway there to what you want. Right. Like, so let's be honest because what you're telling me, you're like, again, sometimes the, you know, people are, don't want to trust. I, I'm fortunate. A lot of times it depends on the situation. Like I can be completely, you know, sometimes say Jim and I are, are working directly from the outset. It's a, it's a, a team thing and that's great. You know, that's, a package deal. In other cases, sure, it's going to be tendered out. So from the outset, I can say to people, 
I'm working, you're my client, I'm working for you. This just as me and you, there's, there's no builders here. Yeah. Like don't bullshit me. You know what I mean? Like, because I, you're not doing me any favors again. Cause when people are like, Oh, you know, if we tell you it's the budget's 400, then you're going to spend the 400. Well, your wish list is 800. So now where are we at? Uh, if I sit here and design it's something true. for you, that's not within your budget. Again, going back to it, like I look like an asshole, but we've got to be honest with each other here at some point, you know, again, for me, I'm not building it. I'll, I sit there, I'll tender it out with you. We can, we'll get all the prices together. We'll go through it. But at the end of the day, like Jim said, now you got three prices and they're all $200,000 more than what you thought you were going to spend. Now, where are we at? Are clients nervous at the end of the whole process thinking to themselves, oh my God, we spent $800,000. No, I think if they Not got in it this in their city, head, no. no, 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 no. We're fortunate here with the situation with the property values and everything else. And again, if someone's been sitting in a house for, you know, it's maybe it's a different story. If someone just bought a house and, you know, feel like at the top of the market and then they're, you know, dumping a pile of money in, but you know, for sure, people have been sitting in a house for five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve years. It's a whole. But different. also, we're not even talking about the quality because we know that we talk about five percent or ninety-five percent clients. Ninety-five percent of clients don't really appreciate quality of the workmanship that's done in homes. They don't yeah, even understand yeah. it. Like I've seen, I've seen people ask me to go. Well, they, to, you know what? They do when they don't get it. When they go uh, exactly, uh, that's, uh, that was where uh, I was going uh, with yeah. it. It's true, but they've walked into like mediocre homes going oh my god it's beautiful and and you and i all three of us at this table would go that's absolutely disgusting right that's not a home that's not workmanship that's garbage yeah but they think because they don't know better but if you are trying but to you sell gotta them be brought up you got to be see that like me my kids will go into a house and go oh, they know is, it this, this sucks they know it exactly my, my dad would not ever do this right like you know they just see it right the media guy. <laughs> the media guy. The media I love guy. that. The media guy. <laughs> the but you know what? Titles think, that you're getting. You know what? For for any contractors out there listening to us tonight, when you're when you're at the table, and it's all about being honest, you know, honest, having integrity, and the whole thing. If you feel, and I know, and you know, the thing is that Greg and I know our area, and we know Toronto, we know the values and where they are. I will tell a client. Are you nuts? You're going to put $800,000 in this? I'd move. <laughs> I, would. I would. I would be the first one to say, look, you know, as much as I would love to take your money, sell, go somewhere else. Put your money somewhere else. You'll be that honest with them and just... I have many times. Yeah? Yeah. Cause it only comes back... Later. Later. And it would. It actually would. You know, hey, and I've had it come back. Jim, you know what? Took your advice, bought this place. We want to do it over here. Sure, now you can spend your 800000 but you bought this place for $300,000 less. The upside is you're still ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Here, you're going to be, you're going to be the first one on the street that put that much money in, and now you got to wait till the market catches you. To let everybody else. It's back to that honest conversations with people, right? So it's like for yeah. people who are out there looking for consultants, for builders, it, you got to sit down and hopefully you're sitting down with good people who are going to be honest with you and, you know, aren't just sitting there just trying to get a check and a deposit and, you know. 
But I think they can, you know, people can it's read honest that, conversation. Right? Is, yeah. is but important. I think if you start honest and you just be honest and you just put the right team together and just ask people, listen, just tell me the truth. Tell me what it really should cost. And if you ask three different builders that, I think if you get three legitimate builders, yeah. they will actually tell you what it should cost. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, they might even be within five points of each other. Right. And then that just reaffirms that the honesty is still on the table. And then you can well, make a decision. I, I, again, right? I mean, there's, I mean, I've been doing it a long time and, you know, I don't, I don't want to chase every job that comes to the table. But, you know, at the end of the day that here's my price. Here's another guy that, you know, we're, it's $500,000. I'm 550. This guy's 500. You know, Jim, we really want to go with you. Can you, 50. can you come down to 50? I said, no, you know, this is what I need to give you the quality of a job that I think you want and that I want to give you. If that's not there, then I'm not your guy. That's just the bottom line. You know, but you got to be willing to do that as a builder, like anybody who's listening to this, like you guys, you got to be able to do that, get up from the table and walk away confidently. But honesty is... 70, that's right. 75% it, it, of the time. Your, gonna, yeah, it's built your reputation. 75% of the time, you're going to get the call back. Yeah. Man, this has been another interesting talk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Craig. Honestly. Thank you. Did we miss the... anything? I mean, I, I know that you go through a lot. You, I guess you go through everything that we go through up until we start swinging the hammer. You go through a lot of emotions, up and downs, designs, ideas, suggestions, revisions, all this other stuff, but all on paper. For sure. All on paper, all through emails, all through text, all through everything, and then it's handed over to us. Yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of world. And then and then you get to the, I guess you come by and you check out what's going on, and then you see the progress and how it's all folding out. For sure. And then there's revisions. <laughs> and there's revisions. Right? Revisions. Yeah, I mean, those come in all shapes and sizes, <laughs> right? right? It depends on what uh, I'm we're talking. I'm not a revision yeah. uh -oh, guy. Craig's on, <laughs> Craig's on site. What's going on? What do we revise here? What's happening? <laughs> no, this has been this has been good. I think we, we've educated quite a few. So we got one last segment before we go, because I don't know about you guys, but I got to go pee. I think the wine's as long just as I made. don't have to sing anything. I'm happy. <laughs> no, no, Christ, no. One more. It's just oh, Christ, no. well, we call it the twelve questions of construction. So it's totally okay. up to you. There's no right or wrong. Okay. What is your favorite construction word? Fuck. <laughs> Everybody has. Everybody that says that. Seriously. What is your least favorite construction word? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, it's so it's just a single word. Right? Revision. Yeah, <laughs> revision is a nasty one. Yeah. Oversight. 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 What turns you on in construction? The smell of lumber. Yeah, that is good. I love walking into a rainy a house day. It's been framed. It just yeah, a rainy day, man. I love the smell rainy of summer day. Wet lumber in the morning. Ah, oh, man. What turns you off in construction? A little bit of so wood. A little again. bit of wood in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you off in construction? Uh, people with bad attitudes. People who point fingers mm, instead of owning. Mm. And not even to me, like to each other. I, that's one thing that drives me nuts. It's like we're all working for a common goal, you know. And people love to just start Team. going off, you know. What is your favorite curse word? It could be a word. It could be a phrase. Yeah, it's definitely fuck. Fuck, eh? What is your favorite vehicle? I'm, I'm waiting on one right now. Oh, oh what is it? Uh, an Audi A5 Sportback that's still sitting in Germany. 
Still sitting with your name on it? Yeah. Yeah, they, they told me January. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I could get my dream car, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I'm not a huge car guy. But you're, you're looking at. But he drives. He's got a BMW. Oh, yeah, I'm not a big car guy. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? Oh. A Honda, a Honda Civic with the fucking <laughs> Portuguese tailpipe. <laughs> My Portuguese cousin's tailpipe? I, I Is had, that the one? I had to throw that in. <laughs> uh, I found that today on the news that the number one vehicle stolen in 2020 is what? Take a guess. Civic. The Honda CRV. Really? Really? That's the number one vehicle being stolen in North America. I thought it was the Range Rover. Christ, we I thought it was the Range CRV. Really? Not an HRV. No one, no one notices it's gone for two weeks. <laughs> uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? It's definitely not the popping of the roofing nails. Um, that rhythm. Yeah, I don't know. That's like saw or the like, saw yeah, drill, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the ticket. What what sound or noise do you hate? Yeah, it would be that when you're when you're walking through a site and the guys are up doing the roof, you go, pop 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 right over your head and <laughs> like shell shock. What profession other than in your own would you like to attempt? Maybe film. Film? Really? Yeah. In what capacity? I don't know. I think at one point in my life I had dreams of being a thespian. <laughs> yeah, a director, writer, director, maybe like write and direct my own films. Yeah, that's <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? General, General contractor. contractor. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one coming a mile away, man. <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Been expecting you. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, thank you very much. Triple W C A R Design Studio.ca and on Instagram at C A R Design Studio. Yes, thanks for Thanks very so much, much for the insight, it. man. Really thank you so much for being on the show. And, really and also it. that was a nice bottle, Jim. It's, okay, you're on next, man. I'm on. I'll bring a bottle. I'll Christ. bring a case. I'll bring a case, man. I'm here to make everybody. That's sound like our well. buddy that just. <laughs> I, I just show up, eh? With the booze, who? So a client who's now our friend who has a place on Big One. I was just talking to him today. He says he's just finally decided he's going to go stay on the island during the winter. So he's bought this machine with the tracks on it and everything else. And and Mike likes his wine. He goes, yeah, Jimmy, I got um, got 13 cases of wine. <laughs> I, I, I think I got, you know, 15, 24s of beer, two cases of Crown Royal, <laughs> and another two cases of Bacardi rum. He goes, that should get me to spring. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get him somewhere. The next podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somewhere. I don't know about spring, oh, but somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I'll bring the wine next time, man. All right. Oh. Bring some Portuguese wine. Uh, yeah, it's good. Do Portugal? they make, you guys make, they make port wine? I'll, you know what I'll bring? Uh, you know what I'll bring? And it'll be really interesting. Oh, not I'll the bring homemade some, shit. I'll bring some Agua Dent. I'll bring some fire water. Oh. Let's see how that podcast rolls out. Ooh. Get your demolition guy, the excavator. <laughs> he probably drinks it as if it's water from the sounds of it. You want him in here? Bring him in, man. Let's see what he thinks about the industry. Oh, Brother, 
It'd be, be the most listened to episode so ever. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Beep 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 beep. That was great when when we first did our show. We got beeps. Yeah, you guys were doing beeps all the time. We got beeps all the time. Yeah, which was basically meant that. Oh wow, one that's a real conversation. And one season, I had to go and do sound bites. Really? Yeah, I had to go. Gee whiz. Oh my! You had to dub your profanity voiceover. Really? You had to dub your profanity? I did. I would be insulted by that. Take you know what I would do? Away I would, all credibility. I would go into the studio and just repeat exactly the same profanity I just said. Just in more... Just louder. You know, I mean, I would totally bring it out. Yeah. Really? Gee yeah, whiz. we had to do that one time. Further in, like a That's few sad. years in. That's sad, man. Yeah. When finally the legal department <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we gotta get out of here. Uh, we gotta get out of here. Thanks so much, Craig, again for you. being on the appreciate show. It. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks again, Jim. All right, man. I'll see you next week. Thanks, we'll talk boys. about something. We'll see cool. what happens. Next week, I'm off. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right, we won't talk about next week. Yeah. Then. Where are you going? Week. I just take a few days off. Uh, okay. Going up to my buddy's island. Uh, there the we 30, go. Oh. Thirteen oh. cases As of Crown Royal. <laughs> Crown Royal. <laughs> Have fun. Make sure you come back. Last time I went with him, I had a gas between my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. This will be interesting. Interesting. Thanks, guys. Thanks for everybody. Thank All you. right. Take care.